place I sought was far beneath the surface of the sea. My sight was poor, but I was sure the siren sang a song for me. They dance above me as I sink. I see them through a crystal haze. And hear their sweet sound bouncing round the never-ending coal maze. The crystal haze. And hear them bouncing round the room. You got it. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, we're kind of a bonus episode here. We realized uh, we're up against the clock, and Scott Fishbowl drafts are beginning, so we wanted to do a little Scott Fishbowl intro, primer, prep, whatever you want to call it. So, Walk and I are both, again, fortunate enough to be participating in Scott Fishbowl 13. I got into one of the live drafts this year. Walk is online, which we found out, but moments ago, they started <laughs> on July 10th for the uh, online drafts. Live drafts are the 15th, I believe, everywhere. So, Walk, how are you and where you want to start? Yeah, doing great. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Yeah, we're we're fortunate enough to have both been in this for several years now, which makes these conversations a lot more enjoyable rather than just one of us being able to play this and the other one begrudgingly talking about it. But oh, obviously, everyone knows Scott Fishbowl now. Tremendous calls, toy shots. I got my two shirts. I, I, I had to go with the Seven Eleven, but then I went with the the Paps Blue Ribbon shirt, which is. Tremendous. I mean, listen, I, I will represent the Paths Blue Ribbon division <laughs> as well if I have to. But yeah, you're live drafting in Vegas. We were just talking about that before we went live um, at some pool bar. What's it called? Yeah, it's at the Circa um, Stadium Swim, which is their yeah. giant which is sports awesome book looking. pool on the roof. Yeah, so pretty awesome. Got, gotta um, be. Pat myself on the back. Got to be the best live draft. <laughs> yeah, listen, hard press. I, I don't know where all of them are. I know that the Philly one is down at um, uh, Xfinity Live, which is a cool place, but certainly not the. the <laughs> not a rooftop roof, pool in Las Vegas. Pool. Yeah, with giant televisions. <laughs> you know, yeah, and chicks in bikinis. Yeah, checks there. You know, you you have you have Philly in a corner with your live draft. So can't wait to hear how that goes. You already told me we're live. You only do the first 10 rounds and then it goes slow draft after that. So yeah, us online drafters will be five days in at that point. So you were reveling in your ability to poach some ADP data before you actually have to go live, which is an added advantage everyone should take. But as per usual, Scott continues to just mad scientist these, Scoring rules, um, where the first thing that stuck out to me was that a passing TD is now worth 5.9 points, which is just the strangest thing I've ever seen. But you can see how granular he is getting with this to try and really <laughs> make everything as equitable as possible, that people can take different paths, you know, to choose your own adventure with these uh, SFB drafts. And then, you know, there's a point one. Points passing first downs, uh, one point for rushing first down, one point for receiving first down, 25, you know, 0.25 points per carry. So I just read a little note that so Jalen Hurts' little one yard tush push sneaks are, are good for 1.35 points every time he does it for a mere yard. <laughs> he is getting 1.35 points, but you know, it's uh interesting with quarterbacks. You sent me some, some, uh, 
projections and there's a there's a lot of heavy hitting quarterbacks and this is one would assume but you know it's i think it's the other positions that really are the, the talking points in, in my opinion I mean, the, the top quarterbacks are always going to be the top quarterbacks. What what changed this year with the scoring was he eliminated any of the negative scoring. So in years past where you're kind of shying away from the guys that are a little more prone to interceptions, um, this year it doesn't ding you. So I think yeah. what it did was percentage. mush. Yeah, interceptions. Yeah, that it, yeah it, it ended up mushing. I think quarterbacks a little bit closer together. Like, I don't think you're um, necessarily hard pressed to have to go QB QB in this, this year. Um, because I think if you drop down, I mean, I'm just scanning the points from last year. I mean, Brady, by all accounts, had a down year, right? He was 18th overall. So one, two, three, four, five ahead of him. I think he was QB 13. So even a year where you kind of thought, ah, Brady kind of stinks. I mean, if you if you kick the can down the road and came out of the draft with Tom Brady, with, with this year's scoring, of course, you, you're going to end up okay. So I'm actually, obviously, when the draft takes place, if it zigs, I have to zag. But I'm kind of planning on... I don't, I'm not, I'm not forced to go QB early. I don't think, because I don't think the drop off is going to be as tremendous. I mean, if you're picking one, two or three and you could get Allen or Mahomes or Hertz, I think you kind of have to, unless you're going to go Kelsey. And we'll talk about that in a, a little mm. bit, I'm sure. But once you get out of those clear top three guys that are averaging significantly more than everybody else, I don't think the drop off between four and let's just say, I don't know, 23 is a big deal. I mean, QB five, three, four last year was Burrow. He averaged 34 going down to number 15. Looks like it was Lamar Jackson. He was 32. So you're literally losing two points a game when you could mm-hmm. go another direction and get a much better wide receiver at running back. So I am anticipating waiting on quarterback right now. Yeah, I mean, what what pick are you? We didn't, we didn't discuss that. Oh yeah, um, I I picked. Uh, you got to pick your spot, so I went with six. I wanted to be right in the middle. I didn't want to get caught on any of those position runs when you're on the end. Don't know if I made a good decision or bad, but I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm never more than eleven picks away. Yeah, which which is smart. I went with twelve, um, third round reversal. So I just mm. leaned into to that. Um, of getting three top twenty-five players, not a, and then, not a but, bad yes, decision. But I will be waiting for twenty-three picks <laughs> after. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a lot of you can't you got to get your guy. You can't think anyone's going to fall to you. You know, you know, outside of traditional ADP. So yeah, it really puts you in a bind. You know, uh, my thought is I'll, I'm probably going one quarterback at that first turn. I'm not going two quarterback at twelve thirteen. So I'm going to take quarterback and skill position player, whoever, and then look at what quarterbacks are still there at 25 and hope to get like a nice foundation of two quarterbacks and an alpha receiver or, you know, Kelsey won't fall to that turn. But, you know, if by some chance he did, you know, maybe that or a bell cow running back, because what I'm saying is obviously the, the points per carry and the points per rushing first downs and thing of, things of that nature. I mean, there's not a lot of bell cow backs anymore 
that you know and especially like ones that have receiving upside so there is a a value in the the cmc's and saquon once he reports and Bijan potentially that you got to assume we're getting 250 plus carries plus another 50 plus receptions on the year that they're, they're just you know their their floor is just far superior week in and week out than than some of the others but yeah you had mentioned kelsey as well and i think there's a case to be made for for, for kelsey 101 i think he honestly. i think yeah. you i i, I get you the, the he's a little older not a dynasty league but you could get a little spooked by that <laughs> going uh he's never been injured he's getting older if i had the 101 i would have a hard time not going Kelsey. I mean, just looking at last year's stats again with the, the the scoring for this year, he averaged 33 points a game. Number two total points was Hawkinson. He averaged mm-hmm. 22. Uh, the next one per game was Mark Andrews because he missed the couple. But Andrews, yeah. Andrews was 23 a game. You're getting 10 more points per week at the position over the number two guy. And if you go down, you know, we'll just say middle of the pack, tight end six was uh, Higby, who was averaging 16. So he's doubling up your average middle of the pack guy, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, you're adding an extra guy. I mean, this was like prime CMC when he was like like a running back and a receiver in one spot. I mean, Kelsey scored 185.4 points more than Hawkinson. I said that's <laughs> roughly the equivalent of what Christian Watson did last year. Christian Watson just keeping it, it at tight I mean, end. Just, you're adding Christian Watson just just as a free you know bonus spot on your roster by or, or just Kelsey to keep last year. To, to stay with tight end. I mean it, it was Hunter Henry. It was Christian Watson. I mean you you want to wiggle the points a little bit. Here to show you the, the premium on tight end Austin Hooper was tight end 22. I didn't even know he had a point last year. No, listen, he disappointed. I'll tell you that. Holy fuck. How did he score 190 points in this? You don't remember? He went to Tennessee and we're like, uh, he's going to, it's going to work in Tennessee. I remember what I thought. Yes. I remember that part. No, sir. A guy named Chigaconquo and a broken offense put him right in the shitter. 22. And now he's in Las Vegas and he's just going to be a headache for Michael Mayer runners. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, when I looked at Kelsey, it was the fourth highest score in the league to your point. I mean, I don't see how anyone could pivot off of like those big three quarterbacks. So if you're, you're sitting there with hindsight, I should have picked, taken the fourth pick in the draft and known I'm either yeah. getting the top three quarterback or Kelsey to start my team. Well, and then you're almost where you're at at six, right? You're almost midpoint. So you're not getting totally just washed out by the runs, but just, you just know that you have a, absolute foundational piece with your first pick. So where do you, as we're talking this through, this popped in my head and you kind of already alluded to it. The first four picks in every draft, unless someone goes nuts, like our buddy Halal, uh, (laughs) you're going to go with Hertz, Mahomes or Allen or Kelsey. Those are going to be the top four, unless people go completely bananas. Maybe Bijan squeezes in there because people are, as we said, crazy. Who do you think is there a number five, or do you think that's where we're going to start to see a lot of pivoting? I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's when you're you tear down at a certain point because 
I like Barrow, but Barrow really doesn't bring much running, you know, so he's just, even in this format, still capped. I mean, he just doesn't have the upside of an Allen or Hurts. I mean, Mahomes is just otherworldly in his ability to score points as a passer. And then you start talking about the younger guys that, you know, maybe they ascend like the Herberts and the Justin Fields and the like. And then there's always Lamar Jackson sitting out there who can break fantasy if these receivers do what they're supposed to do. And he still is a bona fide threat. He's not maybe not a thousand rushing yards, but if he can give you 750 rushing yards and like six or eight touchdowns on top of, you know, a viable passing season, you know, there's guys, but you know, I don't think there's a clear and defined next answer uh, at that point in time. I mean, you're probably talking Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase. If, if people aren't kicking the can on wide receivers, which Speaking of Justin Jefferson, who was wide receiver one last year, he was the 16th highest scoring player in this scoring format at 26 points per game. There was only three wide receivers that scored in the top 24 overall, and they were the aforementioned Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams, who were just force-fed targets. You know what, though? And I've heard so- – I, I tried to find the article to, to send to you. I read something or there was a tweet or pod somewhere. I had heard this, and I, I didn't do a ton of research into it since. But going to wide receivers here, Jefferson was eh. – Jefferson and Hill were the clear one-two in total points scored. Then a bit, And there was even a gap between them. Then a pretty big drop-off to number three, which was Devontae Adams. And then going down so low, at, we'll go the the first wide receiver two at uh, what the thirteenth overall was McLaurin. He scored sixteen a game, so you're getting ten more a game from Justin Jefferson. It seems like the drop off is so huge that it, now you need the guys need to hit, of course, but it, it almost seems worth grabbing them kind of the same way we talked about Kelsey. Whereas if you get Justin Jefferson and he does what he did a year ago, which there's no reason to indicate he won't, you're really at a huge positional advantage there at wide receiver. So even though I think a lot of people are going to pivot because of the way the scoring is down, almost in the same way Kelsey just represents such a jump over everybody else at tight end. And I think Jefferson and and, and Hill got – Jamar Chase got banged up a little bit last year. He averaged 24 a game, so he would have been right up there with the top three had he played a full season. But I think Jefferson, I think uh, Jamar Chase, and I think Tyreek Hill, again, are all going to be <clears throat> that top three again. And I, and I think you're going to get such a giant gap between whatever other people have at wide receiver. Like you mentioned, even at, maybe at that turn, if you double dipped, if wide receivers fell and you got, let's just say, Jefferson in the first round and then coming back at the reversal hill or or somebody else fell to you, especially if you think like CeeDee Lamb's going to take the jump and he's there, you're, you're really killing people every week at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, there's – man, I don't know that any of these fall to necessarily 25, but like you said, if there's like a Jefferson-Lamb-Dac route, I mean, people just don't think highly enough about that. Yeah. And then you get that stack uh, on top of it with, with three in the first 25. Yeah, I wouldn't be that opposed to it. I mean, the the difference to me is, yeah, it might be 10 points from Jefferson to down to McLaurin. But there's like 100 guys in that McLaurin range, it seems like. There's not 
at the tight end. So while we were saying one to two only represents this, you know, discrepancy. I mean, it's the, it's the fall from like four to whoever with Kelsey. Right. So if it's not like you're just 10 points over everyone else with Kelsey, I mean, you're only 10 points over like the Mark Andrews owner, potentially you, you could be 20 points <laughs> over, sure. you know, six other owners <laughs> at the tight end position. So I just think there's, there's just more recovery ability. There's just a false floor in at the tight end, right? Because there's some other guys that are lingering around, but with wide receiver, there's a lot of guys that I would feel comfortable saying, Oh yeah, I can get 16 points out of that guy. Maybe not on average, but enough times to, to justify it. So yeah, it's, it's a little, I get where you're going. I mean, because the top end guys are still top end guys. They're going to see the targets. They're going to get the production. Like Justin Jefferson is going to see 150 targets this year. Jamar Chase should see 150 targets this year. I mean, there's only a handful of guys in the league that are going to see anything near a 10 target per game average across the year. So with that, you know, targets come opportunity, right? So might not be the worst. I mean, at 12, I think Chase and Jefferson are both gone. For me, I, I don't see them making it out of the top 10. Like you said, the top four kind of speak for themselves. So it would have to go seven more players and people would just have to be quarterback crazy for, I think, they, either which, one of those guys. Which happens. Could. I mean, it could. It, it will yeah. happen in some league. It may, it may not, not be I'm yours. Not, yeah, I'm not banking on either of those gentlemen being there for me, but it'll be an easy selection if they are. I mean, that's, yeah, I'll, I will take, you know, an alpha receiver in a second pair him with a quarterback and then yeah i mean to be able to get someone back at 25 who will be vibe i mean like shit like is everyone forgot about cooper cup he's sitting there yes. at 25 the answer I mean, is yes yeah, you just <laughs> yes, okay yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah i'll take chamar chase insert quarterback here and you know C- cooper cup to start yeah don't mind if i do i, f- I feel like <laughs> your draft spot is a little easier to pick because you, you're sure who's not going to be there, kind <laughs> of, you know, yeah. especially in that first round where for me at six, I'm you, really you put yourself in quite a pickle because, I, like you said, I mean, there's four and none of those four are making it to six. One of them might make it to five, like some of them might go quarterback. <laughs> yeah, five is yeah you're right, like somebody 100%. might fall, yeah. but they ain't making it to me, not to six. I mean, there was a world where I, five was like the sweet spot. Where another quarterback goes, someone just takes Barrow, yeah. and then you're sitting there five going, "Hell yeah, I'm taking Kelsey." <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. okay, for me at six or other people that are listening that that are picking in that middle there. So it, I'm kind of I haven't done a ton of digging into it, so it's fun talking to you about it, kind of getting my gears turning here. Do I go Jefferson or do I, my my initial instinct was go? I'm going to get McCaffrey there because I still just believe in the talent. I mean, finally played a full slate of games last year, 501 points, 29 per game. You know, we've seen his upside. His only ding has been, can he stay healthy? And in Scott Fishbowl or any of these huge tournaments, you really can't take that into account. You're taking these guys based on their ceiling. And I think McCaffrey's ceiling is higher than Jefferson's. Yeah, I mean – Somehow McCaffrey was uh, running back two last year because Josh Jacobs just decided to have 350 carries or something like that. It is a year. I mean, but point of reference, Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry both outscored Justin Jefferson last year. 
mistakes. Just harkening back to the bell cow. If you can find the guys that are getting the touches, I mean, we assume McCaffrey, we assume Eckler, but I mean, you're looking at these primary running downs backs in Jacobs and Henry that's still outscored a, a Justin Jefferson. I just think they're few and far between. I mean, I'm I'm thinking a, a Nick Chubb season could it's Nick not, Chubb could explode. Not, not crazy. Season. Not um, crazy at all in, in this format without Hunt because they're not going to trust Jerome Ford anything of significance. I mean, he'll he'll work in, but I think we're going to see the most carries and the most targets of Nick Chubb's career this year because they're not bringing in anyone of significance. They're not they're not getting Leonard Fournette. They're definitely not bringing back Kareem Hunt. I mean, there's no one else out there that's going to do anything of significance to impact his touches. And I do think Cleveland's going to be a better offense this year so, uh, as so well. So Chubb's not going. First oh no! Round. I could get him at twenty-five. I'm That's what sure I'm saying. Twenty-five. Yeah. So I'm I'm almost talking myself into <laughs> a running back running back start already. Yeah, I mean, go, go McCaffrey, come I mean, back with Chubb, just because of the you know you got to. John, what was it? Two, a, was it two years ago? You and I both had the one hundred and one, and we took Christian McCaffrey, and he got hurt. When that two years ago, I don't think ago? I've ever had the one hundred and one. I think we both had the one hundred and one. It's possible. I think we did. I think it's poor. They really pushed quarterback. Or somehow we didn't. We, there was a year we both had McCaffrey, and I think we picked at the same spot. <laughs> it was the, it was the year he failed to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of You're course. welcome, people. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It was like the year but after yeah. the year. Yeah. I mean, just going for you know these. You're either winning or you're not, and it's such a giant fucking tournament. It's mm-hmm. hard to. You know, listen. Let's be honest. Luck plays a factor in all this. You and I both made playoffs last year. It was the first year I ever made it. I think you had made it before. We both actually made a decent run. I forget where we finally got you went real deep, but I did. I I I don't know what the number was, but I was like, oh, oh, I'm still in. All right, I'm still fighting. But yeah, I just didn't have that. That I didn't have the finish in me. But I mean, yeah, it's literally come one injury. You know, like it's, there's, there's no real waiver wire to, to draw from, you know, one, one misstep in the draft, you know, and, and you're done. You're just drawing dead in this league, which is awesome. I mean, that's, you just have to, you just have to hit the nuts uh, to, to really win this thing. Um, yeah. I mean, so. get, getting into the playoffs is easier than it's been in the past. Cause it doesn't just matter on your record. Yeah, it's points um, because my record score is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I I got in on points scored because it's you know theoretically you're a better team. You just hit poor matchups. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it it values the the most consistent scoring teams, which yeah, is exactly how I got in. I didn't win my division, but I went further than the guy that won my division <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, just just like all fantasy, you know, unfortunately. When the playoffs hit, a lot of it is, you know, like you said, luck. You just need you need the correct matchups. I was in, I got in one of John Bosch's guillotine leagues last year, and I hadn't played them before. And I had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and some other really. I I fucking killed that draft. I couldn't believe how good my team was. But if you recall, Chase and Jefferson both sucked like the first four weeks, mm-hmm. and yeah, they they. See, they sunk my fucking team. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was week two last year. Uh, Jefferson went against my Eagles after he had a huge week one, and he totally got erased by Slay. And then uh, Jamar Chase got hurt with his hip thing. So yeah, you uh, 
He fell on tough week, week three. Here, I was done in week three. There, Jefferson there scored four points. This is with the fishbowl scoring, which is usually a little generous. And Chase scored 16. So they combined for 20. Yeah. There and my go. team that I was like, I might take down this fucking this uh, guillotine league. I was out yeah. <laughs> immediately. And I had a good. It was so good. Yeah, that'll do it. Oh, actually, yeah. I mean, because he had that massive week one, so the Eagles didn't totally close him out. So he did have 15 points against the Eagles, but he only had six for 48. You're right. Detroit, he did nothing. And then, it, like, oh. after that, it was just electric. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. But, and for, you know, 10 for 147, 12 for 154, <laughs> 6 for 107. Yeah. yeah. But a league like that, you can't – that you down can't, week will kill you. And the, the, the bigger point to this whole points. thing was that's what happens in the playoffs. I mean, Justin Jefferson, week 17, he gets you to the championship. He got 3.5 points. Just murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then you start thinking like almost as like a GPP feel, right? Because you could have some absolutely. of the same players. So it's just it's just unique player combinations to get there. I mean, you have to set the lineup. So it's not like it's a best ball. But, I mean, you could be playing against Christian McCaffrey. And you're like, well, shit, that doesn't help me at all. I, I have Christian McCaffrey. You know, yeah. And so do, so do 10 other teams that are playing <laughs> In this yeah. this week, so I get no value from my top <laughs> overall pick. I gain nothing I keep, over the field. I keep going back to that uh, Chase Jefferson stack where you you know feeling good about life. <laughs> week seventeen, I mentioned Jefferson using the fishbowl scoring three point five. <laughs> you know what Jamar Chase had in week seventeen? Zero. zero. He didn't there play. He didn't get a true zero. But look, those are you know you had it, it is so so much. Imagine the luck and matchups play into it once you hit the playoffs, but you, you have to put to together seven. a good team to get there. So that's the important part. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's about the gist for me. I mean, and uh, again, he, he makes kickers viable uh, as well. There's 0.1 points per yard for length of a field goal. I mean, 3.3 points for an extra point. So I looked high scoring kicker last year, Brett Maher would have been 67th in scoring in this format, averaging 16.4 points per game. The kicker. The Dallas Cowboys average by pretty much I'm just close to what I think you said Terry McLaurin averaged last year. <laughs> so there is value. They are great bye week fillers because they're they're not gonna they're not gonna goose egg you. They're gonna give you something. I mean, very rarely do you get the team that's like goes for two two times and never kicks a field goal. Right? Look, yeah, I don't play. I game. don't think. And a lot of people are like, eh, you know, well, and that's the difference too. If you're on an MFL league. You don't have to start any kickers for the leagues that are on sleeper. You have to start one. So oh, you have to. Depend- I didn't see that. So that's good to know. I sleeper doesn't I have the option. I was going to have a kicker. I mean, that's there was going to be a kicker on my roster. You know, just as a nice placeholder. I didn't know you had to start one. So the, the sleeper leagues, yes, me, but, you must. Yeah. But yeah, the, um, I mean, I you know I don't you don't hear people talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about kickers. Doing the kicker stack with your quarterback is, I think, a super smart move. You take the, those every Pat Mahomes touchdown, you're adding three point three for that point after. You know what I mean? So yeah, now you're I taking mean, these and they're five showing point touchdowns. Yeah, and making them eight point three points, right? Because Tyler Bass is projected at just under nineteen points per game, and Harrison Bucker's at eighteen and a half. Just projections, but to your point, two of the highest scoring offenses, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they have their kickers that are projected to score the best here. So that's a that's a great easy stack <laughs> to uh and cheap. I mean, no one's looking at the kickers till you start getting through your starting lineups, right? So if you're yeah. 
already there when you look at the board and you go, oh, well, <laughs> trash Austin Hooper again. I don't take Austin Hooper <laughs> or, you know. I I took Derek Carr. Maybe I'll grab the Saints kicker. I think it just increases the value. You know, we talked well, about sure. the, if the, you're drafting that quarterback, you're anticipating they're going to have a good year. And by default, then that kicker has to be pulled along with them. What what did you think about? We, we talked about him when we uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about the, the rankings and all that stuff. <sighs> Something is telling me, and, and I've sure been wrong in the past, but I feel like Desmond Ritter can be a real sneaky play here. I mean, no one's going to take him. He's probably going to be in that QB, what, 31-ish th- range. I mean, he's going to get a boost for this, but if he can do anything with his legs, he really can be. He has all the weapons in the world to provide value. And then you get the cheap young Hoku stack, right? Yes. (laughs) Kicker, who wasn't terrible (laughs) last year on a shitty team. He scored 230 points last year. And he's indoor. That's the other thing, too. When when I look at kickers, who's indoor? So I look at all the indoor stadium. Then, coincidentally, a lot of those teams also play road games at indoor. So that, uh, you know, the NFC South, you you get the Saints inside. You get the Falcons inside Tampa. You might get some rain Carolina, maybe, but it's not like those are places known for dog shit weather. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I look at that sometimes too. I'm like, well, this guy's going to be here. Same thing with the, uh, you know, the, 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 the weather thing plays in a little bit more, but the NFC North where you get to play inside at Minnesota inside at Detroit. And then what do we got? The bears and um, green, green Bay are outside. So you have the, opportunity for some shitty games but if you look at their schedule i don't know when they play them but obviously if you're playing week one at green bay you're probably not running into any nightmare weather scenarios to play the bears in week three on the road you go well this ain't bad they're going to play their home games against them when the weather's shitty and it's going to be indoors so there's a little gamesmanship there too when you're looking at uh you know the teams that traditionally play in nicer weather or indoors Listen, we just went five minutes on kickers. So what that tells me is <laughs> they're valuable. Talked enough, we've talked enough <laughs> about the Scott Vegetable uh, at this point in time. So we're going to uh, try and get this dropped uh, in advance, give everyone a little bit of a benefit. But good luck to everyone participating in such a tremendous event. John, I hope the best for you in coming in second place to me this year in the Scott Fishbowl so that we can deem ourselves the the scott official scott fishbowl podcast of 2024 (laughs) where he has to let us in again to take another shot at this but no super excited can't wait to hear your stories um about the draft circa and our uh, draft is being as possible our draft is being live streamed i think they're doing a five hour uh one of the guys in our draft all right well then i will (laughs) find it for me so that i can peek in and I'm yeah i'll be you doing it be tweeting out <laughs> yeah. yeah get some uh get some live reaction from you but take us out of here johnny and uh good luck to everyone in the fishbowl yeah so that'll do it for us good luck if you're in the fishbowl hopefully you get a little value out of this and uh you've done your own prep we can only hold your hand so far so for myself john abari my co-host matt walker and our friends expand the box score we are the fantasy 40 and we are out of here
shit, 20 fucking years ago when I first was coming out here before I moved out here even. It was cool because it was still relatively cleaned up. And that's right when they built that canopy and stuff. So that was even new. And um, I, I didn't mind it back then. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen like videos. They have just people. The street performers and beggars were so rampant that now they have circles painted on the ground. And you have to like rent them from whatever the thing, the Fremont Street experience. So you can only stand in your little six by six box and, and solicit people for tips while you're dressed as a, you know, slutty nun or showgirl or some guy is Borat with a fucking thong. That guy yeah, you green, kick right, in the ball. Electric green thong. Yeah. Okay. The guy you can kick I, in the balls. I just envision the National bucks. Lampoon's Vegas vacation where Clark goes in to like the water, like, high or low? He's like, heads or tails? It's <laughs> 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 everything wrong. <laughs> That's what I picture. Pretty much, true, man. Well, it, and you know what's worse for me? It, it wasn't bad just working Nick at the Papa prison. Nick Giorgio. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Nick Papa Giorgio. <laughs> but since I started working at the Looney Bin, uh, I see far too many people I recognize down there. There you go. You're like, I'm like, see you soon, right? <laughs> like, I'm not even, I'm, this story is going to sound goofy. I was down there, I don't know, maybe four years ago, some friends of mine from Chicago, and we go, and they go, oh, look at that. Hey, there's a guy. The, the garbage cans have like the lid on the garbage can that's held up by like the grouch. A couple of spikes, you know. Uh-huh. And there's a gentleman whose head is in the trash can. <laughs> and my buddy's like, "Look at a fucking guy whose head's in the garbage can." And his head pops out, and I knew him from <laughs> yeah, work. That's Bill. Like, oh. <laughs> that's Bill. I'm like, I, I don't even want to be over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's getting too real. I'm like, <laughs> worlds collide. Yeah, I don't need someone to walk up and be like, "Hey, John." My like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 